Welcome to Shipwrecks, a podcast where we recommend and review erotic fan fiction. I'm Audrey, and with me here today are my friends Abby, Kylie, and Mira. Today we're celebrating spooky season with a one-off episode about Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Mira is a, yes, Mira is a huge <laughs> old-school Buffy fan, so we're reading her pick, which is a three-part Buffy Spike story by Verity Watson. And is Buffy Spike, is that Spuffy? Is that? It is, it is Buffy. Okay. I mean, it's better than Cinemione. Spiky would be perfect. But anything's better than Cinemione, so I can't say anything about shit. Um, as usual, we have a themey little cocktail to go with it. So, Abby, could you tell us what we're drinking today? Well, I failed you because I'm still stuck on Sminey, which sounds like Snape Hermione too much to me. That's all I can think that's of. That's what it just is. So you know. Snowminey. Oh, okay. Yeah. I thought that. <laughs> and I'm like, that's not the theme it's right now, It's better than man. Spuffy. No, I'm just saying Spuffy isn't great, but it's better than Snowminey. Okay. 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 So our cocktail this week is called Bloody Rum Punch. And mm. Audrey's actually made this for me, and it's amazing. And it involves some light rum, red wine, calls of triple sec, but you don't really want triple sec. You want Contra. That's that's a tasty shit. That's what you want. Fresh squeezed lime juice, simple syrup, and uh, some blood oranges. And you put it all together for happiness. It's the best way I can put it. It's like a giant, it's a giant bucket is the recipe that I have. So, <laughs> so be prepared to share with friends or have a really great time alone. It is not weak. It calls for an entire <laughs> bottle of rum to be upended into it. So it's not playing. It is my weekend plans. <laughs> <laughs> my three-day weekend plans. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So, Mira, you picked the story, and before I hand it over to you for plot summary, I'm going to assume that you have some big content warnings to drop on us. So drop them. Yes. Um, so, first off, this is actually three different stories in one series. The first two are on the shorter side, and then the meat of the story is in the last one. And most of the content warning is in the last part as well. We have implied violence, implied vampire violence, which you may have expected um but the major <laughs> i'm shocked i'd never but the major ones are going to be pregnancy loss and child loss in this so some pretty heavy stuff um be advised cool so now on to the fun part what's up Mia? yes <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> tell me what's going down <laughs> Okay, so um, three different stories, and you can find these on the Bloodshed Verse, uh, bloodshedverse.com by Verity Watson. Is this uh, a the specific first... vampire website? This is a specific Spuffy website. Oh. It's all Spuffy? Oh. It's all, all Spuffy all of the time. Wow, this was... I didn't explore enough. <laughs> this was my first fandom. There are a lot of little independent websites, and we can talk more about that later, but this... This is a story that I revisit over and over again. So hopefully you guys don't hate it. Uh, but no the, pressure. First... <laughs> <laughs> the first one is called Meet the Pratts. The second one is Finding William Pratt. And then the third one, the longest one, is Being William Pratt. So I'm going to start at the beginning. This is an alternate universe in which Buffy was never called to be the Slayer. It takes place a few years after she's had to drop out of college to take care of her sick mother in her mother's art gallery. Buffy starts over in L.A. and crashes with her friend Willow, who works at a nightclub. There, she meets Spike, the ridiculously hot lead singer of the band The Pratts. Everyone warns Buffy that he's dangerous, but she finds herself spending time with him at the local diner while she waits for Willow's ship to end. A very concerned Willow nudges her to ask him about his age, and when she does, he reveals that he's a vampire. Buffy runs, but her curiosity leads her back, and they continue chatting. 
Meanwhile, she applies and is accepted into art school, but loses hope when she realizes that she can't possibly afford it. Feeling like she's got nothing to lose, she puts on her best fuck-me boots and pursues Spike after his set at the club. <laughs> they have dirty, passionate sex in an alley where he flashes his monstrous vampire face, but he doesn't hurt her. The story ends with Spike skipping town, but leaving her with a ton of money and a message that says, warn your granddaughters about me. I thought you were going <laughs> to say giant dick. <laughs> I, was like, <laughs> I was like, yeah, Mira. I'll, also that. <laughs> Um, okay, part two is Finding William Pratt. Uh, this is many years later. Buffy uses the money Spike gave her to pursue her art degree. She is now a successful photographer who specializes in edgy images of derelict areas. She's visiting Pittsburgh for a job during a strike of co-ed murders in the area. Willow is settling down with her girlfriend Tara, but Buffy hasn't had a serious relationship since we've seen her last. She has left behind her former nice and safe personality and has become daring. For what seems like fate, she wanders into the tattoo parlor that Spike owns. They meet up at a local bar where he asks if she'll take his picture, resulting in them returning to her hotel room where he strips while she's photographing. She's photographing. Where she? <laughs> I mean, I'm also yeah. discombobulated, so it's fine. <laughs> they meet up in a local bar where he asks if she'll take his picture, resulting in them returning to her hotel room where he strips while she's photographing him. She soon puts down the camera and hops on top. She extends her trips, lets him tattoo a massive design on her back, and gets high off of the pain. They bang it out again, and he bites but doesn't kill her. Afterwards, she's the one who's leaving town this time without saying goodbye, leaving him a stack of photographs that she took. So before we get into your third bit, <laughs> there's, there's a description of, like, during their sex scene, and she calls it her nubbin to refer yes. to Yes! Oh, oh my god, I copied that out. <laughs> I missed that on my Riri. I have the I have the quote. He dropped to his knees, shoved up her skirt, and pried apart her thighs. Buffy stumbled. Steady as she goes, love, he murmured, staying her hip with his hand. I don't know how high class this accent is. I consider it's it not. very low class. Okay. Like, Steady as she goes, love, governor. Not quite. Like fun with the Mr. Zydak, governor. Staying her hip with his hand. His fingers shoved aside the scrap of lace covering her, and his tongue explored her lips. Gently searching until he fastened onto her nubbin and gently sucked. <laughs> to be fair, I've I've heard worse terms for well, it. nubbin is such funny. a normally silly or like I've only ever heard it used for like really pure descriptions. Like I don't I've know. never heard a clip like, called a nubbin ever yeah, under any circumstances. Anyway, and now we get to the heavy stuff. Well, here, can I ask you a question, Mira, that doesn't require a plot summary so we can take a break for heavy before yes. heavy stuff? Okay. Does your obsession with blonde guys stem from <gasps> Spike? Or oh. is Spike a symptom of your obsession with blonde guys? <laughs> yeah, this is, this you know, is at the beginning. We have it to ask might ourselves. be the beginning. It's definitely the first, like, character I remember being obsessed with that was blonde. But full disclosure, I think... I started this obsession with them as a pairing because at the time I was in a long distance relationship with an English dude, which lasted a very, very long time. And I think honestly, like reading these stories was almost like a way of fantasizing about actually spending real life time with him. And it was kind of an extension, which I'm, I mean, he would actually fucking hate to hear that. So <laughs> fuck, you, fuck you. But um... <laughs> That's right. Tell him. <laughs> I'm sure I wouldn't like that comparison, but yeah, fuck off. Because he um, wouldn't compare. <laughs> uh, 
Anyway, also, um, did he happen to give you a $250,000 check for college? Because I don't know about you, but I'm getting, like, three PhDs. Oh, my God. <laughs> that was the hottest shit ever. So she wants to go to college, mm-hmm. and she can't afford it because her dad is an asshole, and she's estranged from her dad, but the, her dad's expected contribution in her financial yes. aid package is large, which this is the thing that really happens. Over too. Yes. Same. And so, like, the school's, like, suggesting, like, well, you could sue your dad and shit. She's like, oh, fuck. And so, yeah, he drops a big fat check on her. That's hot. Yeah, <laughs> I like how that's your, that's fuck your me in an sexy alley. high point. Yes. Mm-hmm. Fuck me in an alley. Don't ask for any commitment. It was mutually beneficial. Vanish so I don't have to deal with the fallout and just write me a check. Trust yes. me, you can, you can come visit anytime for the next five years. On that, I didn't money. realize I was hitting you guys. It's a sweet spot. No, it's great. The hottest thing ever is paying off someone's student debt. Let's not lie. Yeah, I mean, no, my friend. Good. Yeah, my friend. She was going to med school, and she met this guy that had like a really successful business. And then on the side, he did like weightlifting competitions. And every time he won a competition, he just gave her the money for med school. Whoa. I know, and they what just did had, I do like, wrong? and like no strings attached, just like <laughs> hanging out and like him doing her a solid. And I was like, where, where do I find these people? Oh my for god! Me? Wow. Except okay, <laughs> no strings attached has an appeal, but if you had like a muscle man boyfriend and you were going to like medical school, you guys should breed and make like the Uber, yeah, like, super the, you know, babies. <laughs> yes, you're strong and brilliant, like oh, strong and brilliant. I was trying yeah. to think of like what is the stereotype of a med student that would mesh together yeah, with smart. like a whole. <laughs> And it, I was thinking like Lifting physical attributes. Patients. Yeah, I'm just like. <laughs> I wasn't thinking of the mind. That makes sense. <laughs> I was thinking of physical, though, and I'm just like, so they have like really big arms and tiny lower body? Like, <laughs> we're going to find breeding Avengers. <laughs> oh, God. We're going to have to find some breeding picks for Audrey next. Oh, God. Okay, so the third installment and. In- Okay, so the third and final installment is called Being William Pratt. Uh, In this part, the story flips back and forth between Buffy and Spike's perspectives. It opens with Buffy leaving her husband, who is not Spike, after the death of their infant son. Buffy is drowning in grief. She dreams of London and is thinking of Spike again and then decides she's going to go there. We hear more of what she's been through, the fertility treatments, how they became more and more obsessed with being pregnant, uh, more so than the idea of having a child. Then the birth, the operations, and then the death of that child. Meanwhile, Spike is longing for Buffy, sure that fate will bring them together again. He reminisces about how she was different from the others, curious and unafraid, but also fragile. He explains how he's manipulated paperwork to become his son, grandson, etc., and has invested his money into a nice fortune over time. He's now very well off and owns a little record store that feels like home. Buffy arrives in London and moves into a flat next to a man named Xander Harris, who happens to be Spike's employee. Spike gets invited over for dinner, and bam, fate reunites them once more. Everything is going well until she finally has a come-to-Jesus moment with the fact that she's playing house with a killer, and it is only a matter of time before he kills someone in her orbit. She avoids him for a couple of months, not knowing that he has recently stopped killing because he keeps seeing Buffy and all of the humans he tries to hunt. Things come to a head when someone she works with dies and she confronts Spike about it, asking if he killed him. He reveals that he doesn't kill anymore, and they stay together. Years go by and we see them living happily together, her continuing her work as a renowned photographer and him living the mostly straight and narrow. Spike kills once out of self-preservation when he discovers a man has been following him and writing an academic work about vampires. Aside from that, they live happily together. 
He gets mistaken from her son, and then towards the end of her life, her grandson. He never tells Buffy that he loves her until the very end, and he's not certain she can hear or understand. The story closes with him laying her to rest in her hometown of Sunnydale and hitting the streets to begin hunting again. Bum, bum, bum. All right. Erotic assessment. <laughs> Does this relationship work for you, Buffy Spike? Anyone but Mira, go. <laughs> <laughs> I think it does for me, if I'm honest. I So I have part of maybe the first season, like the first six or less episodes I've ever watched. That's I'm exactly right there with you. Yeah. So He doesn't come yeah. in until season two, so you fucked. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the only fuckable person I saw in the first six episodes of that show was Giles. Yeah, and, <laughs> and I'm going to go into that real quick. He motherfucking got killed in the last chapter of this. And I was like, wait a minute. He was the one that seemed the hot one. I was hoping that they, <laughs> the she poor, would age up and they'd bang it out. The that was totally what I said. apologized, though. She's like, this is going to piss <laughs> you off. She put a note at the beginning of that chapter. Yeah. She did. I'm she sorry. Did. <laughs> I need to do this for my story. Yeah. The thing is, it's an alternate universe. So, like, he's not really the Giles we all know and love and want to bang. Oh, yeah. Physically. I agree. But I just, of the only, since that's the only person I knew, I was just like, wait a minute, wait a minute. And I've always heard that she ended up with Spike at least a little bit or some shit. And I'm like, but the hot, smart nerd one. Why no? <laughs> he he was like her mentor. He was like oh, her father almost. It's her. He's her. She's his I mean, Padawan. I, it's good. I, I, I understand. understand. <laughs> But in the real like world, it's an Obi-Wan Kenobi. It's great. I mean, of all the fucked up things that Joss Whedon has done and written, that was not one of them. He let us down, is oh, what God. he did there. I think they have a very beautiful relationship, and I actually don't want them to tarnish it that way, though I would read a fic if you found one. When oh. we do our season of Buffy, which we can do anytime you guys want to watch every single season. Well, and we wanted to do an all 90s season where we would eat 90s snacks and drink 90s drinks, mm-hmm. yeah. like Orbit. Or mm-hmm. surge, or clearly Canadian. Oh, clearly Canadian. Squeeze yeah. it. Clearly Canadian and squeeze it. Yes, there's a lot of drinks from the nineties. <laughs> a lot of sugar drinks. There's a lot of yeah, blue Pepsi. Oh yeah, koala Pepsi yummies crystal? is a food. Is Pepsi Crystal actually eighties? Crystal Pepsi. No, that's nineties. Crystal, crystal Pepsi. Pepsi. Crystal Pepsi. <laughs> this is my fancy Crystal Pepsi. <laughs> the plastic's like turning brown you can buy oh my god go on ebay there is an open crystal pepsi on ebay i don't know they re-released it recently oh shit maybe that's what oh they did yeah okay i mean i don't know why they're not just producing like mountain dew baja blast on the regular but whatever (laughs) i guess we'll have crystal pepsi (laughs) but yeah so the pairing does work for me Given, though, that I don't know a ton about it, um, I feel like the only people that were introduced in the story that were emotionally weirdly on her level was Spike, because Willow kind of seems like a stick in the mud. They might be best friends, but they're like best friends from a different life. Like, I feel like Willow couldn't let go that Buffy was more adventurous than her. Buffy thought she wanted the thing that Willow wanted, but Willow did actually want that thing and got it in her own way, which good for her. But like, Buffy isn't Willow. And so she went out and found someone on her level that could handle her shit. Because, I mean, I watched a movie this weekend, which I'm going to steal the quote, which it's like, the only sure mind is a closed mind. And I feel like that's really Ooh. hard to find. What movie is that? Quote? Dean Spanley. Or Spanley? It really, yeah. It's really good. I, I don't think you should look up anything about it before you watch it, because it will totally spoil the magic of it. Just okay. watch it. It's really good. Okay. But that's, 
that's what I liked about it. And then there was also a quote that I, I felt like kind of surmised some stuff up uh, that was similar that made me think of that quote is she has a moment when she's with Spike where she's like, the girl I was going to be, she'd have freaked. Or maybe I'm not giving her enough credit. Live five decades, travel the world, and your whole perspective changes. It's easy to ride that high horse when your world is small and your choices are limited. I thought that was the best quote in the whole thing, which is very true. I feel like it's easy to have really like stringent rules when you have a really small world because yeah. the rules aren't that complicated. Yeah. yeah. Um, or just like how mm-hmm. like religious fundamentalists will be railing on gay people. And it's like, well, if you're straight, it takes zero effort for you not to be gay. But, yeah. you know, so it's very easy to point your finger and they're, they're, the preacher could just as easily be talking about gluttony and piss a lot of people off or divorce oh, yeah. and piss a lot of people off. Yeah. Um, so, yes, I rock with that, too. Yeah. And I liked it. And the only thing that was hard for me about the relationship is I feel like she personally, she fucked up slightly. And I know it was never broached by either one of them, but she didn't become a vampire. What the fuck are you doing? <laughs> yeah. like, what the fuck are yeah. you really doing? it was supposed to be and it, and it was sweet him caring for her as she went through the cycle of her life mm-hmm. but it was also kind of grotesque him like people thinking that she was his grandmother and them still banging it out and her falling apart while he's not and like it's kind of beautiful he let her live out her life naturally but at the same time it's not fun to imagine yourself aging while your significant other is not and this is absolutely and also too like my body's getting weaker you can't just like toss me against an alley wall and expect my bones (laughs) (laughs) this is one of the reasons it's one of the stories i keep coming back to though because i've read a lot of vampire stories um and it either ends with the couple like walking off into the sunset together and they never really broach the subject of the mortality question or they turn the human into a vampire and I think that it's interesting and it's actually brave of the author, too, to, like, tackle that and what that might look like. I kind of wish that they got a little bit more into it. I agree. It kind of, it it kind of like skirts a... around how mm-hmm. she actually feels about it. Yeah. It, it almost assumes his it assumes his perspective once she's get, getting seriously yeah. old. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I do think I agree that it's brave and it's an interesting conversation to have, like, you can have a love that lasts and it's not sexual all the way to the end. Cause like, I'm not saying some people aren't, but it changes as you get older and older. And it's nice to see that the thing they had was worth him being a quote unquote vegetarian for, for all that yeah. time. And then he's going to move on and go back to the way he was, but he had this little blip moment, right? Which this little truce. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is kind I think of interesting. It's... It's nice, too. He he says at one point, like, I thought that as she would get older, maybe it would cool my ardor, but it hasn't. Like, I'm still super, super attracted to her, and we're still banging it out when she's an mm-hmm. old lady, which is also just nice. Like, I've read the story at different points in my life, too. And, like, when you're young and reading filth, you're like, ooh, hot young thing, that's me, I project, blah, blah, blah. And then you slowly see yourself not existing in stories anymore as you get older, and it's just like, I'm still a human. I still have needs. Like I did like that it covered more of her life. Like she had, you know, she had lost her child and stuff. So she had like some stretch marks going on and whatever. And she was a human. Like she had had stuff happen. She wasn't this perfect Barbie doll. Like she wasn't like 19 or whatever the hell she was when the story started anymore. Yeah. And he was just like, 
hey, like a fine wine. I'm like, why, yes, women are like a fine wine. <laughs> so I appreciate I it a lot. There could be another story to be told, though, where he, then they both became less interested in the sexual part of their relationship, mm-hmm. but that their companionship was, you know, like that they would be lonely in the world without each other, that they liked to experience life together. And that would also yeah. be, I think, I don't know, a little easier for me to imagine, but... Yeah, I do wonder how old the author was when they wrote this. The story is from, like, 2007. Oh, really? Um, it, for whatever reason, I, they must have been a huge fan, because the one thing I really thought is that it, this is a weird, a bad way to say it, but it felt dated in a way that it felt really 90s. Like, something about the language. And, I like, thought for sure cadence. you guys were, were going to call it out for when she was, like, dressing really stylishly, when she's, like, older and urban and edgy. And yeah, she puts but that's on like this, back from the 90s. She puts on cargo <laughs> pants. I thought you guys oh, yeah, were going to like a cargo pants. So not to, that was so funny. The really funny thing that really dates it, which I agree is fine for the time, like it just makes me kind of miss 2007, is um, I have the quote. In fact, their guests include lots of lesbian couples adopting from China because the LA area has enough such families that they have their own Yahoo group. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yes, I <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> The iPhone comes out the year that she finished publishing and not when she started it. Also, um, MapQuest directions. Oh, yeah. Yes, she talks about MapQuest. directions, yeah. Yup. This uh, story really made me feel that I just want to read a bunch of, like, Willow reader insert pics. Oh, <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. There's a lot yeah. of good Willow in there. <laughs> I thought, like, she was, a, like, a really fun character, even though she was, like, really concerned for Buffy the whole time. Um, but I did like the Buffy spike relationship. I think it's really interesting when you read a lot of like vampire fics that they have this love for like culture and art. And I always think that's so interesting because that's something I always wanted to get into, but I never did. And so it's cool to see like relationships where they're both into like art and history. And like, even though you know, Buffy's only been around for 20 years. Like, she still appreciates as much as he does who's been here. Yeah. I um also like their relationship. I, I really didn't, because I haven't watched much of the show, and she's not a slayer in this, I didn't understand his attraction to her as much as I understood her attraction to him. And I think if you watch the show, you know she's this powerful whatever. But in this, like, when he meets her, she is just someone wearing unstylish clothes with a fake Louis Vuitton bag and <laughs> is too stupid to be afraid of him. Um, and he he assumes that she is just like, she doesn't care. And she feels like, she, I don't care if he kills me. So there's that level of sophistication and acceptance. She doesn't ask me to change, right? And I'm on board with that too. She's like jaded. She doesn't care. She accepts Mizzy as his vampire. But then... About 15 years later, like exactly 15 years later, she's like, wait, what if you killed someone I knew? And he's like, I wouldn't do it on purpose. And it's just like, you have to be so shallow to not have thought seriously about the the implications of him being a vampire. And he assumes she has thought about it and she accepts him. But if you take this story at face value, she's not thought about it very hard at all. So I didn't read it that way. No, I agree with you, Audrey. She doesn't think about it at all because there's one scene where they start making out and he has some other girl's blood on his face. And I was like, girl, you're going to get like diseases. Like, yeah, I don't know the disease part blood. there. <laughs> I think she's just in denial at that point. But I, I think 
like that was actually my low point is that she is okay for too long with him being a murderer. And I think the reason for that is that this story suffers a little bit from being in the fandom too long. Because if you are canon Buffy, like, she sees death on a daily basis. She plays executioner. Like, death is just, like, a part of her everyday existence. And so that darkness in her makes a little bit more sense. And, like, them maybe bonding over that darkness and having a little bit of more understanding in each other and being desensitized to it makes way more sense. Um, But within this story, she's either just dumb or in denial or, like, really fucking callous. And maybe it takes, (laughs) like, the death of her baby to, like, bring her a little bit back down to Earth. I thought what I saw in it, though, is, like, so I don't know anything about it. I just assumed the way her mother had died maybe was, like, a really kind of wasting-style disease, which is really awful to watch, depending on what kind you get. And so I felt like she was probably kind of broken in a really fundamental way by the time she made it to LA so like she just wasn't really there and so like she just literally did not have the emotional range to deal with that because she was done and so by the time and then she went through her life trying to like put it back together the best thing that happened to her was being able to finally go to school and then what did she do with it mostly focused tunnel vision on her career in a way that made it so she didn't think about anything else she was trying to become this person she wanted to be so hard that she didn't stop to think about anything. And then she also followed all those check boxes all the way to trying to get pregnant. And then finally, when she was her like absentee baby daddy wasn't around when everything was going wrong and this baby dies in her fucking arms, she finally like snaps and it breaks her in a way that it's hard enough that she's able to actually kind of rebuild. And that's what I saw happening. I didn't see she was a ding dong. I just thought she had trauma. Well, she... Yeah, that's a good point. Like, she had no right to be angry at him after accepting him as he was for that long. I feel like she... The reason she got upset is because she was already upset because she was on edge and it was just something to... It was like she finally had to face it and did a bad job of it. Like, she didn't pay attention to it, didn't pay attention to it because she didn't really think about anything. Yeah, it wasn't real to her. And then suddenly she's like, oh shit, this is in my orbit. This is real. Instead of like thinking about it and being like, hmm, maybe it's okay, maybe it's not, I don't know, she snaps and has a really strong reaction from never having had one. And I do agree that's weird, but if you're a broken person, that makes sense. I have a question for you guys. So it ends with Spike basically, like he buries her, he moves on, he goes downtown and is like finding his next victim and acts like, well, truce is over, I'm going to go hunt again. Do you think that's real or do you think that he's fundamentally been changed? Because he stops killing without her even asking him to. He does it of his own volition because he keeps seeing her or like relating to her every time he sees a human he's about to murder. That's a good question. So you I feel don't like think if your he... life is infinite, like it doesn't like she was just a blip. Mm-hmm. I don't think it changes because people don't truly change. They just modify their behaviors based on the strongest influence generally around them, which you would hope is a positive one, but there's kind of a general way that people are going to be. Like, you can not go on a murder spree even though you really wish you could because you don't want to go to jail. But if suddenly jail wasn't there, maybe you would go on that murder spree. He's a predator. Yeah, I mean... will not be denied. You can be smart enough to control your urges, but it doesn't mean you don't have them, and if there's no reward to controlling them, why, why would you? 
I feel like there is a moral argument to be made that it's all right for him to kill people. Um, but I'm not sure about the canon of Buffy. So like in Only Lovers Left Alive, they've lived for such a long time that they become very sophisticated. They have, you could argue they're a higher form of life. And if they kill us to live, that you could say like in, in that framework that it's moral for them to do that. But these vampires are on the same moral level as people because they're falling in love with a 20 year old person. So they obviously are not this super evolved. So in the only lovers left alive, they're like an entirely different, they can only be company to each other because they have become more than what they were with this hugely long life. Um, but when you have them falling in love with like actual teenagers, like um, in Twilight, for example, Ugh. why would a, why would a hundred year old man be interested in any 16 year old girl? Why would you want to talk to that person? What do they have to offer you? Um, so in those, there's kind of this like, do you have to just agree that people don't evolve? Or like in Thor, is he maybe to they're be just 10, the 000? doppelganger of your long lost love. Well, I guess, but it's just, I like it when personalities I'd put up with that come in a together. That was a joke that nobody got. Uh, I got it. it. Who is it? Okay, good. Oh, 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 actual Dracula. Yes. Okay. Oh, oh, well, I was talking about... Vampire Diaries? Yes, thank okay, you. I haven't oh, watched that. Uh, yeah. I haven't watched it. I'm not getting any now. jokes that you make about that. <laughs> I thought you were talking about actual Dracula. I'm like, it's fine. They should <laughs> okay, have not everybody's a vampire nerd. So. But like, like Thor, I think, is the most egregious case because he's like over 10,000 years old. And I'm like, any human to you should have like the sophistication of a toddler. Like the fact that you can live that long and yet still be on the same level as someone who has lived for 18 years is sad. And I he think was it's- deprived of oxygen in the womb or something and finally just caught up. <laughs> <laughs> but, but maybe at a certain point, you just like hit your limit of development and you just kind of become... I don't know, like the jock you're always meant to be. <laughs> oh my lord! Well, I don't know. Have you guys watched The Good Place? Uh uh-uh. uh No. I don't want to spoil it. I know the it. premise of it. The, well, okay, I won't spoil it at all because everyone should watch it because it's interesting and the ending is really interesting. But if you live for a really long time, or if you have like a consciousness that lives for a very long time, like you're not challenging it, you're not necessarily going to become better you're just going to become hedonistic well i think that's what only Lo- lovers left alive did well is because you get that deep companionship from other people who are like you and you eat the rest yeah but i think part of it is just a lack of imagination and i don't know the answer but how do you describe someone who is that much more sophisticated than us we don't know because we have lived very finite lives so anyway how did I get into that shit? <laughs> we, were, we were talking about... That's interesting. If The moral question of, do you oh, think... or you yeah. know, do you, Also, do you think that Spike was forever changed, or if he really did go back to just being the way he was going to be? I think he went back, yeah. I would not hesitate. Like, I love the sunlight. Yeah. I love actual calories. So, And this seems like a world where vampires can eat food and still taste them. Like, fucking sign me up. That's the only thing that's like a turnoff about becoming a vampire. I mean, I, again, I do love the sun, but I could get over it. <laughs> if I could still eat and enjoy wine and all this stuff and I could become like a perfect palate for a million things. Oh, Yeah, because they can still yeah. eat. That's, yeah. I think it's more yeah. of a spike thing and less of an other invert and universe vampire thing. Yeah, why, do, why the fuck can he? It, like makes him sick. Yeah. Why, why can he? Makes him so upset. So what's I his special if, thing? I don't know if in... they ever like explained it. He's just like kind of weird and just wants to eat. Like oh, so like doesn't make them sick, but he's the only one that bothers to do it. 
I don't, in that world? Honestly, I, I can't remember. I don't think it does make him sick, but I don't think he, like, eats meals. I think he eats, like, like chips or something like that. He's, I don't know. He eats, she he's mentioned that sometimes man. he eats and sometimes he doesn't, and then he's drinking beer and spirits and stuff sometimes. And and yeah, he definitely decaf. drinks. A lot of decaf. Yeah. That was a weird detail. Um, I have a question for you as someone who hasn't watched the show, Mira. How stupid is Buffy supposed to be? And the reason I ask this is because she does a couple of things that are real stupid. And I don't think, like, I imagined her as someone like Cher from Clueless, where they're very feminine, but they're also like, they're not stupid. They're smart and they have grit and stuff like that. But there's this part towards the beginning where he sings this song about Kathy McGowan, which is a cover of a kink song, apparently. And she says, so um, who's Kathy McGowan? He says, Kathy McGowan. In that song, the one you close with. Been listening past the velvet rope, then. He gave her a wolfish smile. <laughs> Maybe. Is she an old girlfriend? Moy, haven't you gotten bold since we started our little chats? Buffy blushed. <laughs> a night didn't go by that something left her at least a little bit embarrassed. She's a television host, love, from a BB show back in the 60s. Music TV, you know. The 60s? I didn't know they had videos back then, she says. I know. And I'm just like, like, if you bro. were born before the year 2000... That is just unforgivably stupid. Like the moon landing, the Wizard of Oz, the Beatles. I think she meant. Like, I think what? she meant music videos. I don't think she meant like television. But then why did his eyes get wide? Like she said something extremely stupid. He said his. I think just because he realizes she, how yeah. young she is, and she's a he's a music buff, and she's not obviously. Okay. Or you would okay. know that. But she's okay. okay. So in the show, she's like Spacey Valley Girl, and she has like some silly shallow moments. But I think you you hit the nail on the head with like the share comparison. Like she's smart and she's like, you know, really fucking brave and is a warrior and has like her talents, but she's like not the book smartest person. I don't cool. know. Yeah. No, you don't. Her. I mean, I like that. I, I like, I like tangled, which is like the, the lead character does not need to be traditionally masculine to be strong and smart and cool. So mm-hmm. I like that. Although yeah. in this, mm-hmm. I think, you know, she has that reputation. We know she's a vampire slayer. I would argue that twenty-year-old Buffy is not an interesting person, and I don't understand why someone would. I fall don't know in love anyone at twenty. Is I interesting. Wasn't interesting. Well, that's fine. <laughs> but then this guy is a sophisticated mazillion-year-old vampire. How old is he, by the way? He just said well over a hundred. Do you know, Mary? Um, I think he was born in like, I think he was like a Victorian gentleman oh, kind of. Thing. so yes but um, he's got a low class accent yeah, <laughs> yeah <I'm, laughs> there's a there's a lot of there's a lot of show behind this that you have to watch okay. to understand it also i'm sure i'm explaining it very poorly and a thousand buffy fans in the audience are gonna come from my <laughs> do we even have tights. a thousand fans <laughs> uh, that would be exciting now. the power of rage yeah no like that. i was gonna say <laughs> just kidding Did you see the audacity of this bitch <laughs> And Let me misrepresent <laughs> this some more so we get some hate mail. Honestly, I would be so down if we got hate mail. I feel like that means you're listening. I know. Yep. <laughs> means yep. you, you've means made Angel's it. Angel's the fucking worst fucking angel. Everybody who likes Buffy and Angel together should... Oh, dude. Ew. I mean, I'm with I you on that. I believe that. But there's a lot of people who love him. Oh, my God. Um, uh, Sarah Michelle Gellar herself is like a Buffy angel shipper. Yeah. Gross. Interesting. He's just a meathead. Yeah. Don't, he looks don't like meet he could take, He looks like he could take a baseball bat to the head 
like no problem <laughs> like let me just say a very important important very quote smart. that i was told by my very lovely german friend who i argue raised me as an auntie pretty is nice but stupid is forever <laughs> and that's relative there i think it makes sense the thing about like spike is that he wasn't meant to be a long-term character on the show and a lot of the audience really liked him and so he continued along but i don't think joss whedon like liked him as a character so he's kind of tortured a lot and there's kind of like i don't know if there's necessarily retconning but he doesn't really develop for several seasons and then he has an interesting and complex arc and then they have a very complex relationship so i don't necessarily want to be the one trying to explain that because i do a very poor job of it but i think that they make a more compelling story in canon than out of it but i thought that this would be the easiest for you guys to yeah, well, so I, was me never, over. I was never confused. So that was really a good choice for for Clay. It's kind of a just... controversial pairing for some reasons, but in this story, surprisingly less so. <laughs> okay, sex scenes. What do we think? I don't know, but for some reason, I'm super into alley sex because it was like this story, uh, rough day. <laughs> did we did we find out that maybe exhibitionism is a thing? <laughs> Uh-huh. Oh my, God. my husband's friend got yeah, arrested for that. <laughs> oh, I thought Whoa. for a second you were going to say Whoa. your husband did, and I no, was like, I'm going to need some details later. Okay. About... Okay. Yeah, I need that Ooh. later. I need to hear about that. Yeah. Story too. Yeah. <laughs> Bookmark that for later. But maybe that makes it better. Who knows? I don't know. They don't throw uh, you in the same cell, though. They they let you. <laughs> Although I don't know, oh, same like sex <laughs> same sex couple, they might throw you in the same oh, yeah. in the same drunk yeah. tank. Just are you on. are you like cell adjacent so you can do things through the bars because oh, I can oh make God. that work. Like parks and rec. <laughs> Most cells have don't have bars between them sideways. Just so you know, no. that's like that's like super small town. Like they didn't update since like can you get the into West. the Hannibal Lecter glass box? <laughs> I'm basically <laughs> just picturing like Captain Jack Sparrow. So is there not a dog either? <laughs> um, I think like yeah, I think that first scene was the hottest scene, um, and it's very well described. It's a little bit classier than what we're used to, I think, and I wonder if that's a time <laughs> thing where like in the wonderful golden age of 2007 people didn't feel the need to like get super granular because we didn't have any goo you know the <laughs> level of detail was was kind of superficial but it still had that intensity especially that first scene i think it's still varied but this might be dictated more by my taste than the times but honestly i can't remember for me it was just okay mostly because the first sex scene was hot but I didn't need more detail. Like I didn't need goo or juice or problems. I just wanted more like actions. I want more of it. If it's going to be fairly cleanly described, I want more of it. And I want to know, like, I guess I want into their heads a little bit more in that situation where I want to know if one of them is into it more than the other. Like, is she really feeling it? What's he thinking? Like, I want to be in their heads a little bit more. And it can still be pretty clean, but I still want more. Yeah, it was yeah. a little bit more, like, plot-heavy mm-hmm. than it was sexy times-heavy. Though I did, like, the scene where she's, like, taking his picture and he's, like, got an erection and she's not sure if it's an invitation or not. <laughs> yeah. I-, I do feel like it was plot progression sex, not, like... Ooh, sex as much and i don't need it to be again blasty juicy crazy 
I do need a little bit more. How are you feeling about it? Because we didn't have a lot of like build up in their relationship, but I at least need to know the internal monologue of like, fuck yeah, I like the way her butt touches her thigh or whatever, and blah blah blah, <laughs> the way he <laughs> hits the back or some yeah, shit. I just need foreplay. <laughs> even without foreplay, I need the inner monologue of being like, oh yeah, you grab my hair yeah. just the right way, kind of shit. Like I just need a little bit of like knowing they liked it more. Yeah, yeah I agree. I, I thought there was going to be a montage, like, when they kept going out to dinner and, like, coming back and having sex that we would, like, learn about them learning about each other and, like, maybe, Ooh. like, him sucking her neck a little bit and, like, she, like, orgasms or some weird shit like that. Like, I wanted more of it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. man, wait till we get to our full Buffy season. I will find all of those for you. <laughs> Are you going to rock my they world <laughs> maybe, maybe the Buffy season, we just get current with Buffy and you have to pick all of them. <laughs> <laughs> since you've already read them all i mean if you want to read all spuffy then that's I mean, fine but i don't think that's fair and there's probably a lot of great um giles, yeah there's giles, willow giles, buffy <laughs> giles yeah but that's my that's my thing about the sex is it none of it was bad but none of it rocked my socks it was pretty like pg yeah and it could have been still pg-13 and just been like mm, i'm into it more i guess and that would have helped me enjoy it but it wasn't bad yeah Maybe but like like rating like yeah. it was different in 2007 you know what I yeah mean? yeah because they didn't have a better word for nubbin yet they had to invent it <laughs> <laughs> the term is clit no <laughs> get down with the real word clinton you did call her kitten a lot that's true <laughs> so high points and low points guys what you got that this is gonna sound like damning it with faith faint praise but my high point was the Yahoo group that suddenly showed up and reminded me <laughs> that 2000. You enjoyed the nineties-isms. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hey, high points. I think I already mentioned mine, which is just like the scope of the story. I love how it it's very old-fashioned in some ways. Like it covers almost her entire life. You don't see the beginning of it really, but I like this idea that in order to like know someone's story, you need to know like their whole story and the entirety of their love story together, I thought was nice. And I also, I mentioned, I like that she doesn't get turned into a vampire and we see how that plays out. I agree. That was also my high point. I think it's interesting to like finally read a story where it's not like Twilight and they like go off into the sunset and glitter together like he actually loves her <laughs> ages and like still like loves her wants to be her partner and I think that's really that was a really cool part I'm a monster and that was my <laughs> low point because oh! I'm gonna, like I I just can't as a fundamental idea get behind the fact that you would not become a superior creature especially one that could still eat cheese like <laughs> Come on. I mean, the thing is, you maybe don't want to become a murderer, and once you're a vampire, you won't feel that way, but you have to make the choice to become a murderer when you do feel that way. Mm, see, I already don't feel bad about it. I just don't do <laughs> it because jail. Me. Yeah, it's not the moral implication <laughs> of killing anyone. I... Abby, when you become a vampire or killer for whatever reason, are we like on your no-kill list? Oh, obviously, yes. I okay, am very cool. selective. Like, <laughs> Just making sure. I think I like this story because I normally have this like weird fantasy of like being able to live forever and like experience so much of the world. But with like fucking climate change, I might just be like, nah, I'm good. I'll get old. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> I wish we had some more conversations about that decision, you know, and maybe even a conflict yes. between them about what to do. 
um, so that they could she could explain her choice because I feel like it is a valid choice and it really yeah. could be an interesting choice, but they didn't really go into. Yeah, like, I do think though. Agreed. She the first two parts were short, and then the end one was long. I kind of wish that it had been like six parts, and then we could have gotten that end part we keep talking about where they explain more of like her aging because I I do think it's interesting. But I can't get behind it <laughs> on a personal level. <laughs> but my high point, though, is I do really love how, like, super 90s it feels. Like, it catches that flavor. I think that for someone who's not really watched Buffy, it wasn't impossible for me to, like, get into it. And I really enjoy the size of the story. It was pretty bite-sized. It took me a couple casual evenings of reading. And it was never too slow that I would set it down and not come back, if that makes sense. The pacing was pretty good for what there was. So yeah, that was, I, I think there's a lot of good things on it. It's just really a different piece. Like, we've never read anything quite like this. And I, I have to say I really enjoyed it. Like, it's, it's, I don't know what it is. Maybe the 90s to me in the early 2000s is fan fiction. But, that, <laughs> the, but no, like, the tone it has yeah. feels the most, quote, unquote, fan fiction of anything I've read in, like, a positive way and i wish i could describe that better because i'm sure a lot of people would be like calling it fan fiction or they don't think it's a positive thing but i think it's interesting is this the first au we've done i think so yeah, yeah. we mostly avoided them because uh, the theme kylo ren romance author kind of an oh mm, no he's no still... because they were still in universe okay. still in universe okay. yeah. it's, it's weird but... dictator, okay yeah. okay yeah so <laughs> i would do a whole au season christmas, i did find a harry potter star wars Yeah, I'm ready. Yes, link that over whenever. Is Kylo Ren? So it's gonna be. What the fuck? Oh my god! You guys are welcome. That's an onion of our honor. Can I already put an endorsement for that one? Oh my god! All right. So I think did we all talk about our high points and low points and our sexual erotic business assessment? I did. Um, I I didn't do low point, but I think I mentioned it earlier, which was just it was. Just too okay with him being a murderer for too long. Yeah. Will you guys not be okay with me being a murderer if I become a vampire? Will that like I would me? either be okay with it or not be okay with it. It wouldn't there take would be me no 15 ambiguity. years to figure out whether or not I was okay. 